great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, our mission to serve you and empower you to make better financial decisions in your life. Hope you're enjoying the show enough to subscribe to us, leave us a review, rating, wherever you listen or watch. Today, the extreme shortage of skilled workers, wow, it's affecting everything out there from stuff at your home, your car, and medicine, shortage of people with skills of various types is really severe. And later, I know I talk about Costco a lot. Second half of this podcast is going to be all about Costco. It's going to be an, a Costco extravaganza. I had all these like questions and funny comments about Costco. So Who knows if I'll know the answers? We're putting them all I may together. turn out to be a Costco fraud. Mm, we'll we'll find out. So I have some news to share. I understand we got a lot of questions and complaints. We've gotten emails and messages people posted about Costco. We're going to address those. All right, so we got to talk tried to get your car repaired have you tried to get a plumber have you tried to get an hvac contractor you name skill areas like it's been so reported about the extreme shortage of nurses there are so many fields where the workforce is aging out and people who feel like they don't have a career going either don't know how to connect to these things or whatever it is. And so most of the stories are about woe is me, woe is me for the consumer and the difficulty of getting a car repaired. We had to have a repair done on a car and it took me seven weeks to get an appointment. It was a specialty kind of repair. Seven weeks. That's a lot. I mean, it's hard. And you got contractors who don't call you back. I read something recently, a story about how they'll assess, you know, that job doesn't seem profitable enough. Oh, that house is too far. They'll even make an appointment, then they just don't show because their phone's ringing all the time. I mean, it's a different era. What's not talked about enough is the opportunity this era presents. Everybody's talking about it from the perspective of you and me buying the services and nobody's really talking about the fact that if you got somebody who feels dead-ended in a job or they're not making enough money to pay their bills what opportunity there is in so many fields right now we are in a time of structural labor shortage in the united states we are the oldest average age in america we have ever been and so normally a lot of these jobs are filled by having so many young people. And we don't have that right now. So people have a second chance in life. People that are what you might call mid-career, mid-work cycle. You can go get skills. If you're young, you can go get skills and be trained. A lot of companies now, so short of workers, will apprentice you. A lot of state-supported technical colleges offer partnerships where you train and you apprentice at an employer they hook you up with. And the opportunity, if you have the aptitude and interest in being in any of these medical fields where the workers are really needed 
And you think about all the, the tradesman jobs where the jobs are going begging, unfilled. The opportunity, the pay scale you get, the career growth over time. There's really wonderful chances for you to boost that paycheck and have a career that will grow with you. Maybe even ultimately owning your own business. The nurse thing is a little bit different thing because nursing requires extensive education. And let's face it, the medical industry has not treated nurses well. The medical industry has come up with these enormous shortages because the medical industry works on this extreme hierarchy where doctors are treated like godlike creatures. And they're referred to as Dr. So-and-so. And then the nurse is referred to by his or her first name. If we expect people to not burn out in nursing, we have to consider making the jobs more enjoyable. Right now, so many nurses have jobs that are all responsibility and not sufficient authority. They are not being treated as medical professionals as they should be. And that's leading to burnout and people leaving the profession. And others who might come in aren't coming in because they don't see it as a wonderful career path. So who's this on? This is on the culture of the medical industry. It's on the medical directors of hospitals to start treating nurses not as second-class citizens. And I want to tell you, you are doing great work if you decide to go to nursing school and you come in and you save people's lives, you can really make a difference and you're needed so badly right now. Krista, I can't wait for the Clark Stinks from the doctors. <laughs> Pete in Nevada says, I think fidelity is a bit fishy. I recently bought a five-year CD ladder and right away it lost money. I mean, it lost principal, not potential interest. I called the phone number and they just said CDs are really bonds anyway, and you didn't really lose money. It'll all even out soon. And we show how much it will be worth if you sold it now. Is my money safe? And should I calm down or is something wrong? Well, you can calm down. I don't like the explanation, Pete, you got from Fidelity. But the deal is, it's actually considered a marketplace advantage when you buy CDs through Vanguard Schwab or Fidelity. Because when you buy them from them, you also generally will have the ability, if you buy, let's say, a five-year CD, and that's not working out for you, you can sell it in the secondary market through the brokerage, and you get it marked to market. Meaning, if interest rates have gone up since you bought it at Fidelity, then your CD is worth less than you paid. On the other hand, if interest rates have gone down, the CD you have from when you bought it, your CD is now worth above market. That's only for people who need to sell before the end of the holding period of that CD, one to five years. So all they're doing is marking it to market when you call about it. It doesn't mean that if you hold the CD to its maturity, you're going to lose any money. Think about if you buy a CD from a bank and you decide to terminate it short of its holding period, you're in a contract. What does the contract say? You forfeit typically the last 90 days interest, which is always going to happen. 
if you own a CD through one of the discount brokers, if the interest rate curve is in your favor when you need to sell, you actually make money and you don't suffer the early redemption penalty that CDs bought directly from a bank or credit union would charge you. Jeff in Arizona says, I contributed money to a Roth 401k at a previous job. When I left, the money that was in the Roth 401k was rolled over to a Roth IRA. Since the money is now in a Roth IRA, can I withdraw amounts I contributed tax and penalty free? I'm 32. I recently bought a townhome and would like to use some of the Roth IRA money for a down payment. So if you were to ask a simple question that actually has an incredibly more complicated answer than this, I don't know exactly what it is. Because when you take money from a Roth 401k and put it into a Roth IRA, there's this weird arcane provision called the five-year rule. If you wanted to understand how that would play in here, maybe the best place to go would be Investopedia. And there are a number of things that you'll see an explanation of under the five-year rule. If the money is subject to any federal penalty, pulling out, again, contributions only, not earnings, if you would violate the five-year rule or not, taking money from that Roth IRA that had been in the employer-provided Roth 401k. It is a very weird, complicated thing. And it is true that when you're using money to buy a home, there's a provision where with a Roth IRA, you can take some of that money even before 59 and a half and not suffer the 10% penalty you pay for premature using of a retirement account. But your situation comes under this weirdo five-year rule, and you need to go read it and hope your eyes don't glaze over. Tom in Minnesota says the mileage requirement for first-class travel has become so extreme. Do any airlines offer the purchaser of a main cabin ticket to utilize miles for an upgrade to first-class or business class? Yeah, that is a common offering with frequent flyer programs. In fact, uh, perhaps, depends on the airline, with many airlines, the number one most uh, common redemption of points is a cabin upgrade where someone buys a ticket with actual real dollars and then uses points for the upgrade. Um, That became popular years ago because of the difficulty in redeeming uh, upgraded class tickets to business class or first class or whatever. To be able to do that, the allocations of seats were so narrow, it was usually easier to buy an upgrade And that is an alternative. Although sometimes, have you seen, because you fly heavily on Delta, Krista, Mm -hmm. have you seen the redemptions and points required for an upgrade where they'll tell you, hey, you can upgrade this now for X dollars or these points. It's not like you're trying to buy a Delta 767 or 787 or even an old 717. You're just trying to upgrade the seat on the plane. So... The airlines have gotten better at being greedy on the upgrades, and it has gotten tougher. I got good news, though, for people who like to fly front of the plane. There's been so many news stories about how expensive front of the plane is 
transoceanic, transatlantic, transpacific, going to South America, whatever. Those fares have been dropping, 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 dropping lately. So where those fares would have been totally outrageous, now they're just outrageous. And so it is becoming more and more your friend to watch the sales. And the best place to do so is what used to be called Scott's Cheap Flights, now called Going. Going to subscribe to Scott's. They have one that just follows special deals in points or in dollars for overseas business class seats. And you may find you're able to actually use those points effectively. The best points to have, Chase or American Express points, because they can be used on so many different airlines. You're not going to miss a deal because you have points with American United or Delta, and then you're a prisoner inside their walls. The American Express point transfer or Chase point transfer overwhelmingly superior to points captive on one of the three full fare airlines. Coming up next, we're going to talk about the opposite of a full fare airline. We're going to talk about Costco wholesale and how attached am I to Costco? We used to have a dog named Costco wholesale who's gone to the great beyond. And now we have a dog named Kirkland signature. So I'm all things Costco But they've done something lately that's brought them some negative ink, negative publicity, and we're going to talk about it. Plus, your questions and complaints about Costco straight ahead. You would think that Costco was beating its members when they come in from the extreme negative publicity Costco has gotten on TV, on the internet, on social media and in print, because Costco discovered that a huge number of people who were shopping in Costco were not actually members. They were using a member's card, and the weak link for Costco became self-checkout, because the way it had always worked at Costco going back to when they were founded in the early 80s was you'd go through a register And they'd see that the picture on the card didn't match the person coming through that register. And they'd say, sorry, you can't shop. Well, then people realized, hey, I can just use the card of somebody else, family member, friend, and come through self-checkout. Then I'm good to go. So Costco realized they had an unusual number increase in people shopping in the stores that their math model said couldn't all be members. And so that's when they started doing these random checks of membership cards at self-checkout. And to their horror, they discovered they had all these people coming in and shopping who were not members. Now, most stores would be thrilled to have all these people coming in and shopping, spending money in the store and that that was boosting revenue for Costco. Why did that not work for them? Because Costco is set up like a co-op. Their maximum markup on items is 14%, unless it's a Kirkland Signature item, which is 15%. 
the design of that is to pay for the buildings, the utilities for them, and all employee salaries and benefits. The company is designed to sell things at what works out to net break even, and all the money is made from the annual membership fees. So when they figured out they were selling stuff to people that weren't paying memberships, they were like, we got to do something about it. Well, they got just hammered for this. There's outrage that was expressed about it. And the number of news stories about it were shocking. I didn't realize how influential Costco was in society that it was such a big fuss. So the question is, should they have a thing where people can come in and pay 10% more per item and shop without a membership as an alternative thing in the situation? Well, what they actually have is you can shop through, Krista, which of the shopping services is it? It was uh, so Instacart. big. Instacart. Instacart. Mm-hmm. So you can shop through Instacart and you pay a big markup beyond what Costco members pay and they deliver to you and you don't have to have a membership for that. And on Costco.com, they sell items that are member-only items, then they sell items that are available to the general public. So they've tried to come up with a way to accommodate, but the real thing that they came across as such a meanie is they wouldn't let you use your sister or brother's card or your friend's card or your neighbor's card because that's where all their profit comes from. So if they're mean for that, but it makes sense to me from a business standpoint. Okay. Catherine in Connecticut says, we appreciated your advice on debit cards and we do not use them. A recent trip to Costco in Port Chester, New York, found us having lunch there. They would only accept Visa debit cards in their machines. I went to the counter, ordered my food and paid in cash. Not as convenient as the machines. They used to accept credit cards at the snack bar, but no longer. So I use my Costco Visa card there. That's a credit card. The debit card thing is they don't take MasterCard, American Express, anything like that, just Visa. It doesn't have to be a Costco Visa card. And I'm not aware of them not accepting other Visa cards, other mm-hmm. credit cards. You can also buy your, you used to be able to buy your items, the food items when you're checking out at Costco. So you could go. I don't the know that you can do that. I've anymore. done that before. Hmm. You can know. still do that. I'll, I'm not sure. I don't know, Maybe but not. I love the automated terminals yeah. and the employees hate it when, cause they're so busy behind that food counter when they have to do a manual transaction, like somebody paying cash. This one's from MJ in Tennessee. I live in a rural area in eastern Tennessee and attempted to purchase my first Costco pizza in years. Imagine my surprise to learn the combo pizza has been eliminated from its food cart offerings. I was told that this is yet another victim of the skyrocketing cost of producing the cherished favorite. So I heard a different thing, MJ, and I don't know if they've eliminated it in all markets, but the volume of sales of the combo pizza was teensy tiny compared to the massive volumes they were selling of pepperoni and cheese. So I don't know. I think that maybe the pizza, they were having to throw out a lot of the product with the combo. With the combo, it was a, like a veggie combo mm-hmm. thingy. 
Something like that. Was it veggie? I don't know. I never bought that one. I've, I've never bought it either. But <laughs> well, that's what I go. heard is that the volume <laughs> just wasn't there. Okay. Terry in New Mexico says, I know Clark loves Costco, as do I, but I was shocked when I saw the price increase on their pull-apart cinnamon rolls from $6.99 to $12.99. What's up with this almost double price increase? So, Terry, I can tell you, they were trying to do everybody a favor. So you'd go buy the cinnamon rolls at Aldi, which are all world fantastic. <laughs> and in my book are much better than the Costco cinnamon rolls. Okay. But what do you think? It's just inflation? I, you know, I don't know because I don't know that the price jumped six bucks everywhere, everywhere in the country. Yeah, that's the weird thing is their pricing varies, right? Right, because they have regional offices. And so you'll see different merchandise in a Costco in different parts of the country. And speaking of which, I don't know if, Terry, you have Aldi near where you are in New Mexico. But if you do, I'm telling you, go try their cinnamon rolls. They are incredible. My wife hates them. She says they're way too sweet. They're way too sugary. I think they're like the greatest cinnamon rolls that have ever visited my body, ever. Ikea cinnamon rolls are known for being very good as well. They can't come close to these Aldi ones. Telling you. Ryan in Georgia says, I was waiting in line at Costco today and a manager asked to scan my membership card. He said they were targeting executive members and were thinking about raising the rewards percent to 10% for a $200 membership fee. I don't think he has any reason to lie to me, but that seems like a steal. I know they're cracking down on sharing memberships, so that is what my initial thought was. Do you have any info? I don't, and I don't know how the economics would work raising the reward to 10%. I don't think that would work for them. Mm. But if they want to do it, I'd be all about it. <laughs> Maybe they have the same cap? I don't know. That's, that's pretty exciting. 10% additional discount. Yeah. I don't think that would work with their markups. It's not additional stuff. discount though, right? It's like 10%. You get a yearly. 10% on what you shop mm-hmm. instead of 2%. Yeah. So it works effectively as a 10% discount. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That'd be pretty great. Okay. I love all these questions. I was asked, you'd think I work for them or something, right? <laughs> Well, you sometimes it seems like it. Like I've been in Costco's with you, and you've literally like stopped people shopping. You're like, "Don't get that. No, you want to get this." Like, and they, if someone doesn't know you, they're gonna think you work there. Like you know it so well. I remember one time you had people laying on mattresses in the middle of the store when I walked around the corner. You were like, "No, you got to try this one." And you were like laying down the mattresses when they used to have the big mattresses. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Isn't that weird? You know, the time's gonna come where you try to explain to someone. Yeah, mattresses used to be like really big when you bought them in a store. I mean, that's not, there's almost nothing being sold that way anymore, is it? It's all. I've noticed Costco has more samples of them. Like they just had Casper mattresses and they had a nice sample that you could feel like a piece of one. Yeah, which is smart because I hate buying something blind. With mattresses, any mattress, I don't care what mattress you buy. You need to have a sleep guarantee with it, which is usually 90 days, 100 days, six months, that for any reason you can decide you don't want it and you get a full refund, full refund. Mattress stores that say, oh, 
we'll take it back and give you a store credit. Uh Uh-uh. Store credit's a no-no. That's not any good. That's worthless. That's the place that sold you the bad mattress in the first place. You want to only buy a mattress that you have that guarantee where if you don't like it for that period of months, they take it back and you get your money back. And you want them to pick it up. If you have one of Which, those... depending on the company, they either pick them up or you got to haul them back somehow. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But better that than getting a bad night Right. Sleep. No, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on today's episode. Hope you had an absolutely great day. And I do shop other places besides Costco. You'll see me in Sam's Club. In fact, this shirt, for those of you who watch the video podcast, this shirt is a member's mark, private label, Sam's Club shirt. These pants I'm wearing are also from Sam's Club and are member's mark pants. Shorts. Cargo shorts. shorts. My socks. You got the Carcaforma. My socks are member's mark. In fact, I buy more clothes at Sam's Club than I do at Costco. How about that? Okay. And obviously you shop at Aldi. And I do shop at Aldi. In fact, I don't know if, you, if you're if you new to our podcast, you may not know this. I wanted to name our dog Aldi. And we did a vote of people on social media. And they voted that the name should be, gave them a choice. They voted for Kirkland Signature. And my wife says, well, don't you think we should get another dog? And name that Aldi. I'm like, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. Two dog limit. Two dogs right now. The other dog, her name is Winston Churchill. Because, well, she looks like Winston Churchill. Look. And when she has a stick in her mouth, she looks just like Winston Churchill with a cigar. <laughs> so she is properly named. Would you not say Winston? Yes. Yeah, I never thought about that. Yeah. Completely. That's uh-huh. why her name is Winston Churchill. Wow. <laughs> Have a great day. Mm-hmm.